Dynamite. So it's live. How old are you for the record? Uh, 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 61. Oh. <laughs> 57. Well, so Don and I, we, we, we're two years apart, and she doesn't like being older, so we share a birthday. Oh, right? yeah. So I have one extra one, and she takes one away. So I'm always thinking I'm 62, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm 61. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> cool. Um, who are you, and how would you describe yourself? Uh, you know, it's a heck of a question. Um, at a certain, there, there are all kinds of easy answers, and none of them feel quite right anymore. Um, as I, the, the place I'm at now, right, which I guess is the only place you can sort of talk from, the place I'm at now, I'm actually trying to figure out if the, if the, the person I thought I would be and the way I hoped to feel right in my life when I got to 61 is going to still stick, right? Now that I'm here, I'm like, well, you know, why, why am I feeling like I should be different than I am? Um, you know, when I was 40, I thought, well, that's how I want to be when I'm 61. And it's like, I'm kind of that person I was hoping I would be. Somebody who's engaged with the community, somebody who, you know, communicates science to the outer world, somebody who is a, you know, a partner and a parent and a member of the community. And it's like, yeah, it's all working. It's all happening. It's like, you know, why do I keep looking around for something else to do? It's like, it's not like I don't have plenty to do. Mm. So, um, so I think one model that I, that I find is really useful for me in terms of sort of describing how I sit in the world. When I was in music school, one of the things I discovered is that I am a terrible section leader and a really good number two. And being number two, being the, being the person who supports the person who has the drive to have a giant vision that they want to carry, as long as I share that vision, I'm a really effective behind the scenes number two, help things move, help things potentiate, help things happen. And so I think that's, that's in some functional way, that's who I am. That's what I do here at the college is I just try to help things move. I don't have any massive agenda for myself. But lots of people around here have brilliant ideas, and so if I can help their brilliant ideas move forward, then great. Cool. What matters to you or, or what motivates you? So I think what motivates me, so there's the thing, the, the driver, the common driver that just always shows up and chases the new shiny is curiosity. I, I think functionally somewhere a million years ago my dad read me the Kipling story about the elephant's child with insatiable curiosity and that just struck a chord and I have that's been me ever since. There's nothing I'm not curious about. It makes me a a version of a jack of all trades and an expert of none. Um, but that curiosity is what drives me. So that's actually, that's the driver, right? So it's just always following something that seems interesting. And, but it, it's, it's also always connected with trying to make the world a better place in some small way, not in some big way. It's not, it's not about, you know, being a politician, leading anything. It's like, it's just not me. Um, I, I think uh, I use, and because you get to edit this, you don't have to worry about how I get here. Um, so for me, 
the usual argument for somebody who's been at the college 30 years is, well, why don't you be a dean? Why don't you be a vice president? Why don't you, you know, affect more people more effectively, right? You know, move, move up the chain, then you can make this a better place by making decisions that impact thousands of students instead of the 50 that are in your class. And it's like, no, no. For me, the people that I can't actually make a difference to a real difference to are only the ones that I can physically touch, the only ones that are within arm's reach that I can speak to face to face, that I can know enough about them to try to actually respond to them. This is not some abstract, well, if I make better rules, then more people can have a better life. It's absolutely true, but it has nothing to do with me. Um, so sort of in that same, like, yeah, I'm a great number two and a terrible section leader. Yeah, I, I'm much better at this level at you know 50 students in my class at two students in my office zero zero interest in leading the department the college the anything mm -hmm. none it's like I, I, I guess I really do fundamentally believe that the only way to change the world is for everybody to reach out to their community that they can touch and change it there no, no, right? Where are we going collectively? But let's reach out and change the people that are in our sphere, our direct sphere, mm -hmm. and then let the edges of our sphere touch the next sphere. On the other side of that, what concerns you or what gives you a heavy heart? I get frustrated sometimes. Um, I, I think for me that's a really hard question in a different way because I've been gifted with a, a form of the human chemistry set that makes it really hard for me to stay in a dark place for very long. So it, it's taken me a lot of years to realize that this is not everybody's experience about their emotions and how it works is really different. And for me, it turns out, even if I've had a really bad day, if I just go out for a walk, sleep, wait 24 hours, it will be manageable. It always comes back. There's no, and, and you know, what, what, what makes it a bad day? It makes it a bad day because I had this cool idea I wanted to pursue and somebody told me I couldn't do it. And I'm like, really? Seriously? Right? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm cranky, and if that happens three times in a couple of weeks, which something about February always leads to that, right? <laughs> something about February always leads to And so at the end of February every year, like most teachers, I'm just like in this really kind of like place. But after many years, the rational part of me says, yeah, but you know, Bruce, the result of what all that like no stuff that happens in February is, is every year in April, you go, well, fine, you're going to tell me no. I'm going to go way out on a limb in that direction. We're going to do something as creative as I can think of how to do that basically walks me around your, your no. And so there's this huge benefit. All the, all the best things I've done in my career as a teacher, as my life as a human being, I think all the best things I've done have come because somebody stood in my way and said no multiple times. And then, so it's like, okay, so no, no, please do that. Stand in my way, tell me no, and then I'll remember that that's just a way of me having to figure out that the route that I was on is maybe not the most amusing and fun and creative route. And so you'll help me find the better way through the mountains.
So that's what I tell myself. And then I go home and get pissed. But you know, <laughs> but then it goes away. Twenty four hours later, it goes away. Cool. So it's a, it's a, it's just yeah. Permanent darkness. No, permanent darkness is the long term darkness is just about people whose lives are irredeemably screwed up by circumstances beyond their control. That's just sad. But it doesn't. You know, I can't. If I can't do anything about it, I'm I'm not going to wander around feeling terrible because the world's unfixable. Just listening to Tim Minchin this morning, and you know he's like, "Yeah, well, get over it, right? You know, life sucks. You know, you have happy moments, you have sad moments. You live a life, you do the best you can, and then you die." It's like, okay, it's cool. I can do that. Mm. Right? Mm. So take the moment that you're in, try to make it as good as you can, and then move forward. Mm. And so TEDx is one of those kind of things. Right? So it's a chance. Right? I, it's way outside of my comfort zone. It's way outside of my skill set. But amazingly, people who have that skill set invited me to be part of the part of the part of the process part of the team part of the I've learned more from them than I've ever given to them hmm. at every step of the way hmm. what do we mean to each other person to person I'm not sure that there's anything else it's, it's the only meaning that there is for me, it's like, you know, every, if, if, if I'm my best self, which I'm, you know, plenty of times I'm not, but if I'm my best self, whoever, whoever I'm with, you occupy my full attention. feels very Buddhist at a certain level, right? It's like, you know, no, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to be in the moment with you about this. This is, this is what I think today at this moment. It'll be similar tomorrow, but can't possibly be the same. This is... All I can touch is what I feel right now. So, um, we, for a long time, Don and I did a martial arts practice, 25 years. Um, and one of the things that was really lovely about it is that push that's part of all those sort of Zen based, Buddhist based practices, which is, you know, you just go. The point, the point of practice is to go and practice. It's not to get someplace in particular. It's just to be there in the moment, feeling the person you're working with, responding to them appropriately, caring for them, lifting them up, being lifted up by them. Mm. What else would you want to do? Mm. And feel like if, if, if we could live that kind of life, kind of from moment to moment to person to person, I mean, literally two minutes ago, I was walking by and a student who's been out because of a medical issue for a couple of years and really been working hard to try to get back to school, but has, but has tried and then been driven back out because of medical issues and resolves and tried, and it's like, they're back. And it's like, it's just huge for me that they're back. And, you know, we've stayed in contact. We've tried to, you know, in those moments, tried to build some tiny bridge back to what they want to do. And when it fails, then we just take the bridge apart and we try to build a new bridge. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yeah, the fact that that student is back and looks like it's going to stick this time, and it's been, a, you know, it's been a two years of trying to help it happen. It's a total win. Mm -hmm. And hopefully completely invisible except to that student and me. Mm -hmm. Cool. What does it mean to you to be part of the the bigger picture, the, the larger community of as a species, not, not so much as a collection of people in band. Mm -hmm.
Well, hmm. so today, uh, I think I would frame that as today, right? So I feel today. Today, it feels like what what seems important to me about that is to engage with your life as an as an insignificant member of the bigger thing. But the insignificance is kind of important to me. I actually feel like it's like I don't need to be significant to be part of the human race. I don't need to be significant in the universe to be the caretaker of this planet and all I can caretake is that which is within my reach, but you know, yes, I'm part of a really big community, but I'm just a little cog. I'm a, I'm a blood cell in the, you know, in the, the being which is the planet in some, you know, sort of new age kind of way. Although, you know, it is. It's just a giant, complicated organism, <sighs> sentient. I don't know. I'm not worried about whether it's sentient or not. But but I'm I'm part of the puzzle, and I'm I'm trying to do my bit to make it better for you know the next generation. Try not to leave it as screwed up as possible. I spend a lot of time apologizing to my students for my generation. It's like, no, it's we, we have not thought long-term about the planet that we're creating for the next couple of generations, my generation. And and not because individual, not because collectively we've been complete idiots, but it's just, no, we, we haven't responded to the learning in ways which says, oh, you, we might want to be cautious about this if we actually care about other parts of this giant thing called the human race. So, um, so yeah, I think I, my role in the bigger sense, the way I see myself in the bigger sense is, is hopefully sort of, you know, the way if, if blood cells have a brain, how do your blood cells see its role in life? Mm. You know, it's like I'm an important part of something, but I'm not, I'm not the center of existence. Mm. I'm just, I have to have a role to play and, you know, take whatever skills I have and try to make that, do that role as well as I can. And if I can make my little corner of the world healthier, then that's my job. That's, you know. Hmm. What do you think your role is then, like in, in those terms, um, when dealing with these issues of uh, the violations of human rights and this perpetuation of social injustices of varying degrees, mm -hmm. how does that affect your, how does that affect your life and, 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 and what kind of accountability do you think you or... So personal accountability or, ge or generalized accountability, yeah. Um, I think one of, one of the challenges that I haven't resolved very well in my life is... Um, I mean, there are things that happen that are, that are outside of any sphere of direct influence that I might have. Um, and... There's clearly evidence that, that by banding together with other folks who are equally upset by that stuff, you can accomplish things that you couldn't accomplish if you just sort of hold your frustration inside that micro-community that I normally operate within. Right? So I realize that. But at the same time, I guess I, I have not... Found a way, which is, yeah, I've not found a way 
that works for me to feel like it's an effective use of my time in in the big balance of the world to to participate with those sort of global issues as you know whether it's whether it's protests whether it's letter writing whether it's whatever um, and so the rationalization and I think at some level it is a rationalization so I'm not I'm not thrilled about that but um, the rationalization I use is that for me I feel like I'm more likely to have a direct impact by working really hard to, to help educate the students that cross my path to be more effective thinkers because if I can send a thousand students out to, into the world as adults as human beings who are more effective thinkers I will feel like I will have a much more significant impact than if I stood up and shouted really loud. So it's it's a for me it feels like a long range thing. I'm trying to change things now so that the so that the ripple going forward will change things more. That feels like a more it's a more nuanced kind of approach, but it's also more consistent with me. Is to say like I like I'd, I'm trying to launch a piece of a future solution. I don't see that I have the kind of tool strategies and impact to leap up and, and force change now. Hmm. I, have, I have a colleague who has a really wonderful vision of a future world. And I asked him, well, so you're now working at an institution which seems... Arguably, almost diametrically opposite that view. And he said, "Yeah, but I figure if I can get in there and I can introduce the virus that is my view of the world into this little part, it will take off and it will eat the institution from the inside out and become the thing that I'm looking for." And that's 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 a model that I really appreciate and love. I don't know that it will. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right? Sometimes the institution is really resistant to change from within, but. Sometimes it, you know it takes hold, and all of a sudden the infection spreads, and mm. we have change. Mm -hmm. So, so that's yeah, that's that's sort of my best, which is terrible, but it's my best articulation of what I'm trying to do. Mm. <clears throat> so here's a version of that, right? Um, so the TED TEDx Bend. Um, I think an awful lot of people come to a TED event having seen lots of TED Talks, right? And what they see is like, it's like almost every TED Talk you look at, it's like, wow, it's cool, it's great, it's wonderful. And I'm like, right, so you come to TEDx Bend and you think, well, so every TED Talk should be great, cool, and wonderful. And I'm like, no. My goal as an organizer for TEDx is to have 12 talks and to have, if it's a brilliant success for you, there will be two talks that you go home and you keep thinking about. And even if there's only one, it will be fabulous. Because that's how it works. Right? It's no, it's not about like having constant joy and constant you know, mm -mm. it's like we're just trying to find, right? We got twelve shots to try to find something that will jolt you, make you think differently. And you know, and, and it's amazing because as an organizer I get to sort of stand there and talk to everybody. And if I just if all I say is like so, you know, which talk did you did you love? Did you it's making you think? Is sending you home? It's like I can ask twelve people and I will get twelve different answers. It amazes me mm -hmm. that that even people that I thought well that was a wasted talk. If it were just me, it would be like no, nah, it didn't work for me at all. Psh, 
there's always people like, oh, that was my, that was the most, that was the best thing I heard. I've taken that home. That's excellent. I'm like, okay, so I just, I, I do not inject my opinion in there anymore, ever. Right? It's yeah. just like, I mean, yeah, it's just like, you just don't know where, where the little seed that you plant will go. Yeah. So plant, just plant, just be Johnny Appleseed, just plant, 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 nurture, 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 and see what happens. Um, do you have a sense of purpose? <laughs> and does that does that combination of words mean something to you? You know. <sighs> so, like a lot of things, I feel like I know what it's supposed to mean. Um, I think I have come to believe at this stage in my life that the idea of some ginormous purpose, some, some, some candy cane out there that I'm chasing, um, is not been particularly useful to me. I am much more interested in shortening my view from that long view and asking what can I do in this moment, in this day, in this week, in this season for the people that both that I care about or that I care to serve that will make make things better in some way. And that's 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 enough purpose. I don't need any more purpose than that. I mean, if, so if that's purpose, yeah. But purpose, we usually use purpose to mean well, there's some grand goal in my life. It's like there's no grand goals in my life. I'm not interested in grand goals. Um, not because they're bad. It's just they don't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's. Uh, I, I like the question. Uh, it's a great question. I like how differently people answer it, and I like. I like what it means or doesn't mean mm -hmm. to folks. Yeah, it, it almost doesn't matter, right? It's just, it's interesting. It's a way of unpacking something. Yeah. What do you want more of in your life? Time. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if but it, a version of this is like, yeah, sure, what I want is more time. And so as a teacher, we always are like, yeah, if you just wouldn't like give me so many classes to teach, I could do a better job. There's a certain reality that for people like those that my colleagues are and me, the people the people that we've gathered together at this community. Um, it almost doesn't matter, actually. If you gave me only one course to teach, I would still work 60 hours a week because it's like there's not, there's not enough time to do the job I want to do. It doesn't matter how much time I have. So yes, I would love to have more time, but would I be less busy if I had more time, which is the usual thing I'm thinking. It's like, I have more time, I'd be less busy. I could take a moment to sit down. It's like, no, no, I have to decide that I need to take a moment to sit down and like not be busy. And that's just, that's my dysfunction. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, so, you know, yeah, I work too hard. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't get enough sleep, but, um, on most days, I get to be around, besides my wife, who is a fabulous human being, uh, I get to be around a whole host of colleagues who are in their individual ways, just the coolest people. Mm -hmm. Just the coolest people. 
everywhere. And my students do. It's like it doesn't matter. Like there's so few real jerks out there in the world. So few. There's a few, but not too many. And I don't seem to ever run into them for very long. <laughs> Maybe I run the other way. I don't know. That's great. But what a great outlook. Do you have anything else that you want to put on the record? Well, the only other thing I think I probably want to put on the record is just a thank you to you because your site and this process and some things that sort of coincidentally have all come to sort of pass over the last couple of weeks have in some ways restarted an internal and an external conversation about how you build community and what does it take and what makes community? I mean, does it does it actually take people to go out and build a support structure within which community can create, or do you just participate? And in participating, does it take care of itself? Is it self-organizing, or does it need external support? Some of the time, all the time, none of it. You know, it, it's it's become a much richer conversation about several of the projects that I'm looking forward to in the next twenty years. It's like a lot of different ways I could do that. Some of them are more passive, less centered on trying to drive the project. Um, you know, some of them are a little bit like this project, right? It's like, well, so what happens if you just surface some things that are already going on? Well, that will a community coalesce around those surfaced ideas, or does it take more than that? And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't, I guess. But the conversation has gotten much better as a result of this. So the, you, this conversation is dropping into my life at a really neat moment for me. Um, and so that's cool. Cool. I've, uh, I've started ending the interviews by allowing uh, for, for the subject to ask me a question and I'll, I'll sit here and answer it. So if, if anything comes to mind, you can. Well, I think that the, the thing that I was curious about reading through all these folks that, that you've talked to in this conversation about community, I'm actually really curious. Do you have an answer for the question of how best or how more effectively to build community? What does it mean to build? What kind of strategies are there to build community? Great. That's a, good, that's a great question. I'm starting to understand that the way one answers a question is a choice, and not so much a choice to choose the truth or not the truth, but a choice of which aspect you want to focus on. Mm -hmm. I tend to focus on the heavier aspects. So uh, an idealist answer, a more optimistic answer, would be to say that um, I think I'm building a community over time. I think I'm planting the seeds that you mentioned, right, to mm -hmm. build a community that I'll start to notice eventually. That's the optimistic side. The side that I feel a little bit more uh, often uh, that really affects me more than that mm -hmm. is that I'm wondering how much one person should do before they start to feel a sense of community. In what sense? I guess it, so. I feel um, often quite alone. Um, and, and the irony, it's not like lost on me, right? Like, you know, uh, so, and, and that kind of leads me to, to come to this place of just frustration. And, and as I proceed through this um, with, with the feeling of being alone, uh, there's just so much room for doubt and, mm -hmm. and um, questioning my own sanity and wondering if, if 
you know, things are worth it or not and, and all, all of that. But as I sit here with you now, all of those doubts are gone and this is... It's in the moment. It's in the moment, right? right. And I feel it and then I go home and I'll, I'll spend more time with you than you'll spend with me as I transcribe. And, right. And it, 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 it really means a lot to me. All mm-hmm. of these interactions really mean a lot to me. So I guess I want to say, to answer your question, I think we, ha- we have to be deliberate mm. about the time that we spend with each other and, the, and what we want to take away from that time. Don't I be random. You can very easily come and go, interact, not interact, grab your coffee, eat your lunch, uh, go to somebody's house for dinner even, and like be there or but, not. But not connect, yeah. Or you can just decide that you're going to make all of those things matter. Um, you can, if you want to have a more genuine experience at the coffee shop, you need to have a freer schedule. Yep. Right. If you want to, um, if you want to connect on a deeper level, you need to be more open to where that might come from. Mm-hmm. So, I think it comes down to a choice. If if people want community, they can have it. They can decide that they're going to get it, and they can make choices in their life that make that more possible. I think as a culture, uh, we have some work to do there. You know, the systems in place are very things are categorized and they're on, on a schedule, and it becomes difficult mm-hmm. to allow for that under those parameters. I'd like to see some of that stuff shift and change because I think uh, our getting along, our communicating with one another, our learning from each other are some of the most important things. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an answer in there somewhere mm-hmm. to your question. Yep. It's, it's all about perspective. Um, yeah, it's, it's really striking at this stage of life to sort of look at it and think, hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure 20 years ago I'd have had all kinds of answers that I was sure I'd thought through really carefully. And yeah. Life has a way of delivering all kinds of interesting counterexamples to you as you go along. Um, but, I mean, I would hope that one of the things for you that lightens the load is that there's not at least to read the pages to read the stories of the people you've talked to there's not a shortage of lovely community focused community minded individuals around and just because this is the first 120 that you found or the first 60 that you found surely it reinforces a belief that there are 10 times that in the community, mm-hmm. if we just sit down and talk to them and find out, mm-hmm. open the door, uh, and I mean, maybe there's a heaviness about well, yeah. So why isn't more happening as a result of all these wonderful people? But you know, they're they're doing little wonders in their lives because that's what they can do, and you know, it's been really fun to look at the people and think some of them I know, some of them only vaguely know, and but it's lovely to go oh. Wow, I can't wait till the next time I cross paths with that person because now I have a place to sort of reach in a little deeper and make a better connection and enjoy that. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. And, you know, but don't, I mean, you gotta, like all these things, right? You gotta, you gotta figure out, okay, so how much can I do without it weighing me down too much? Um, you know, it's not, it's not a sprint, right? Life's a marathon. Gonna be in it for the long haul. So, thank you. But cool. Thank you.
Thank you. Oh, this is great. It was so much fun talking to you.